Pulse Podcast Network, keeping your finger on the pulse. This week on episode 80 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, Tony Peters of Prep Hoops is our guest. We'll talk about Tony's writing career, basketball in the local area, who are some of the teams to watch come playoff time, some of Tony's favorite teams to watch, and more. It's a slam dunk episode of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Opening theme from Music Radio Creative. Visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite podcasting platform. Now for our host, Lee W. Mallon. I'm here with Tony Peters, and Tony, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, Lee. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Let's begin. Where are you from, and how did you get into sports writing? Well, I am from uh, right here in Dayton. I grew up in East Dayton over by uh, Kettering by the old Immaculate Conception Church. Um, ever since I've been a little boy, I've always loved sports and anything with sports. And uh, I love reading articles from uh, Tom Archdeacon from Dayton Daily News and Mark Pendleton growing up. And uh, they really were great role models to look up to. And uh, I, I always wanted to do something similar to what they did. And so I uh, found myself, after graduating college, being lucky enough to get into uh, the sports writing industry with uh, Prep Poops Ohio. So why do you love basketball? It's really hard to, to put it into words. I mean, it's just a sport that from the day I was born, I always uh, loved doing it. Again, huge sports fan growing up, and I did basketball, soccer, and track, but basketball really was the one sport that really stuck with me. Um, yeah, that's really that's really the story of that. <laughs> you mentioned you're from East Dayton. One of my previous interviews, Ron Russo, he's from East Dayton. He was the longtime girls basketball coach over at Miamisburg. He's a good guy. He knows his mm-hmm. basketball. If oh, you ever wanted to reach out to him, that'd be a good guy to talk to. Oh, absolutely. And I actually think uh, I remember Ron, he uh, used to go to St. Anthony Church, which is where I uh, also went growing up. So uh, I'm pretty sure I remember him. I don't know if he remembers me, though. That was a, a while back. It was a while back. I. I'm lucky that I remember what I did yesterday, let's be honest. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I know the feeling. Who were some of your favorite teams growing up, some of your favorite players, some of your favorite games that you remember back back Uh, then? Well, obviously growing up in Dayton, a huge fan of the Flyers. I only lived about 10 minutes from the arena, so I was used to going to about a game every year. Um, That was really the biggest one, obviously, uh, as I got older following the Wright State Raiders and uh, in the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers being the lone Ohio team. Um, really, any Flyers game I went to was really a memorable one for me. I just loved the atmosphere, loved the student section. Uh, one of the games I'll never forget was when they played Xavier right before Xavier left for the Big East, and Chris Johnson came back, and right before the game, he went on the floor, was just waving a towel and jumping around, and it just got the whole place hyped, and it really uh, kept the tempo going from the tip and then throughout the entire game. Now, mentions on your bio 
on prephoops.com. You've played four years of basketball at Carroll. What was it like being part of the Patriots basketball team? Uh, it was a really good experience. Uh, the first couple years were a little bit of a struggle for us. I think my junior year, we only won two games. But then senior year, we had a really good group of guys that really uh, bought into doing well. And we ended up having a winning record my senior year. Uh, I missed it due to a broken leg. But just being part of that atmosphere and being part of a uh, a winning tradition was really um, a fun experience for me. Also on your bio, it mentions that you coach basketball. Are you still involved with coaching basketball? And how would you get into that? Uh, well, I got into it. Uh, I believe it was my junior year of college. I was visiting my alma mater at Carroll and was talking with my old coach, Tony Stefanik, who told me that the the youth Carroll boys program was looking for a third grade coach. So started off with third grade boys. And then ever since then, I've jumped around a little bit. Um, I did third grade boys at Carroll and then the sixth grade girls program with Bellbrook. This past uh, summer, I did AAU for the first time and coached with uh, Kingdom Sports Center, one of their high school teams. And currently, right now, I am coaching with the sixth grade girls basketball team with my wife. So uh, that's probably been the most fun experience I've had so far. That's got to be interesting, coaching with your wife. How's that? How does that work? Well, it's kind of nice because she, she – I have a lot more of the knowledge and the experience, whereas this is the first time she's ever coached before. And we butt heads a lot, but at the at the end of the day, she does a really good job of keeping the calm to it. Um, when the girls need someone to get them hyped up or uh, get on them about something, I'm able to do that. But also she kind of reels me in and doesn't let me go too far by saying something. Now, you mentioned you're still coaching. How far up would you like to coach? Like what level is – you know, something you want to reach. Yeah. Um, well, my dream one day would be to coach at the collegiate level, whether that be uh, head coach or assistant. Um, I, if not that, definitely having my own varsity program one day. Um, I've had great role models to look up to. And, and during my times at Carroll with uh, Dennis Wally and uh, my coaches, also Eric Ramsey and Tony Stefanik, when I was there, were great guys to look up to. So, hoping to be able to replicate kind of what they did with my own program one day. How did you get involved with PrepHoops.com and PrepHoops Ohio? After I graduated from Wright State in 2017, um, I was looking for, obviously, my my career, and I was looking for uh, sports writing opportunities. And I actually came across Prep Hoops on, it was a tweet they had put out uh, saying, if anyone was interested in joining our team, to, to let us know. So, it really just started with an email to them saying I was interested, and I, I got a response the next day. And by the end of that month, I was uh, already out going to the games in Dayton and looking for players to do uh, recruiting uh, pieces on. How long have you been writing with Prep Hoops? Uh, about two years. I started in January 2017, so about two years. Now, you mentioned – Earlier on uh, off air, you mentioned about the SWO Full Court Press podcast on local hoops with I hope I'm saying his last name right, Seth Kaim. Kaim, correct. Kime? Yep, I was right the second time. <laughs> hey, not bad. What is it like running that podcast? It's really great, and uh, the way we came apart. Seth is one of my best friends from college, and uh, 
we kind of came up with the idea back in the summer of wanting to do something a little different. And we both love high school basketball. Um, I've obviously with my prep hoops experience, I had a lot of good knowledge and Seth, uh, when you hear his voice, he's got a great voice for color commentary. So it really, we complement each other in that. And he also has a really uh, good knowledge as well, but getting to do it and just getting to do it with one of your best friends. It's, it's, it's an opportunity that it, it's just amazing. What are some of the future plans for the podcast and where can people go to listen about it? Well, you can go to uh, our Twitter page, which is SWOFCP, and we post any any podcast episodes we do, you can find on there. Uh, as for future plans, right now we're doing more uh, you know, game recaps and we'll do our, our tournament preview once February comes. The long-term goal is continue to do coverage in the AAU season of uh, players and teams that really interest us. And hopefully next year we would like to get to a point where we can even do a, a game of the week and do a color commentary and do a play-by-play action of uh, various games in the Dayton area. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I mean, there's a lot of games, a lot of teams around Dayton that, you know, people don't get to catch and that'd be really cool. Absolutely. So, now, back to Prep Hoops, how far does your coverage go in terms of what schools you cover and who you write about? It depends on who you ask. Um, I consider I consider uh, parts of up towards Mercer County, like Marion Local, St. Henry, that area. I like to do the coverage up to there, and I do that because you do have some teams in that conference, which is the Midwest Athletic Conference, they come tournament time, they, they come down to Dayton and play in the district and sectional rounds. So to make it easy for me, I just kind of say, well, if the team or there's a team that plays in Dayton, I'll consider that whole conference as a whole. So as far north as Marion Local is where I will uh, do coverage. And then going south, uh, probably into the, the Franklin area as south as I will go. Uh, we have a writer in Cincinnati that does more of the suburban areas of Cincinnati and also in the city itself. So I try not to get too tied up because he does a great job of his coverage down there. You mentioned Marion Local, which is pretty far north up of Dayton. But where has been your farthest trip thus far? Um, I actually went to Columbus uh, over the summer and did some coverage for an AAU tournament. Uh, there was a couple of local kids playing for some teams, but that was probably the only time I've gone out of Dayton, and it's definitely been the farthest thus far. What are some of your favorite venues to visit, some of your favorite teams to cover, some of your favorite players? Yeah. What's some of your favorites? Um, Venue-wise, I love Trent Arena. Uh, just going there, even, even if Fairmont is struggling that year, going to Trent and watching them play – and being on that court, it just – you get a great – it almost feels like a college game just by the look of it. And Fairmont has a really good following, so they're able to really pack the arena, and it even adds to the experience. Um, I also love going to Centerville's gym and Chaminade Julianne's gym. Uh, I never got the chance to play on Centerville's gym in high school, but I did it at Chaminade. And it's such a small gym, but you know they bring such a great student section, so – it, it feels and looks even louder just by having everyone bunched up together. Um, as for some of my favorite players, 
Uh, I would say right this year, uh, one of my my all-time favorites is Andre Gordon. He is a senior Mm -hmm. at Sydney High School, and I love just his athleticism. He... He's a point guard, but if you watch his highlights and you watch him in game, I mean, he's got an incredible incredible vertical leap for a guard. I mean, if you go to his Twitter page, you can see him throwing down uh, 360 dunks between the leg dunks. You name it, he's probably done it at some point. I mean, he's just a great athlete and a great guy, too. Uh, I got a chance to interview him last year, and he was uh, great to talk to. Um, Another one of my favorite players has been Jacob Gudorf from Brookville. And he's uh, he plays for a smaller school, but uh, just his style of play. Again, he's another point guard, and I think a lot of people look at the point guard and think that uh, like James Harden and Chris Paul in the NBA or Russell Westbrook, and they have to to score thirty points or so a game. But Jake does a really uh, he's not really like that, and he does what most point guards should do, which is he distributes the ball. Uh, he he makes plays without scoring. And I think that's something that it's it's kind of gone in this age. So it's good to have a point guard that uh, can can do that still. Um, as for favorite games so far uh, this year, I have I've been going to mostly GWAC games. So uh, Springboro, Miamisburg, seeing those. But my favorite game thus far had to be flying to the hoop this past weekend. I got to see uh, Wayne play Garfield Heights. And I don't know if you were able to see on Twitter at all, but uh, Garfield Heights hit a buzzer beater to win that. But uh, they they came back from they were down by I think it was 16 with three minutes to play, and they got it all the way to a tie game with 10 seconds left, and then ultimately won on a layup. So just seeing them fight back into that game and watch it come down to the wire by far has to be one of the uh, best games I've seen this year. I didn't get to see any of the flying to the hoop. I was over at a hockey tournament, but this is pretty cool. I mean, flying to the hoop being the number two tournament in the United States, that's huge to have at Trent Arena. And not a lot of schools around here have a venue like Trent. Oh, absolutely. And and just the talent you get to see there, too. I mean, it's not just the Ohio talent, but some of the prep schools that ended up making the trip. And you get to see guys that ESPN has ranked four and, and five star in the country. And I mean, you're not going to get to see them anywhere else except that Trent during that weekend. I mean, how many five star athletes, four star athletes were there this past weekend at Kettering? That was just the amount of talent that they're able to pull in and showcase off it's outstanding yeah it's really impressive i want to say and i'm not 100 percent on this number but i believe it was like 16 four and five stars so uh, definitely plenty of guys yeah that's that's a lot (laughs) now talk to me about the 2018-2019 season what have been some of your favorite storylines and some of your favorites things you've noticed well, for starters, I mentioned uh, Andre Gordon uh, a couple of minutes ago, and what, and one thing with Andre was he originally was going to be playing basketball for Huntington Prep, which was a prep school out of West Virginia, and uh, in November, he announced he was coming back to Sydney, and I just thought that was so cool because he really helped put that Sydney team uh, on the map these last three years he was there. And when he announced he was leaving for Huntington Prep, there were definitely some people that thought Sydney wasn't going to be near as good. So seeing him come back and, I mean, Sydney, as of 
I think yesterday was 12 and two, 11 and two. So they're doing just fine with him. But uh, getting to see him come back and, and have one more shot with Sydney and, and hopefully make a deep tournament run has been one of them. Um, another has been really just watching uh, Shamanad Julian play this year. Uh, I will be honest, at the beginning of the season, I did not expect them to be uh, 13 and one. I actually uh, had Alter as my favorite to win the GCL North. So to see CJ not only um, do extremely well, but do it in such a dominating fashion has been fun to watch. And uh, being a Carroll alum, anytime someone beats Alter by 32 points is going to be fun for me. (laughs) Um, Other than that, really just watching uh, some of these seniors um, evolve and, get to where they're at in the season. You know, when I started for prep hoops, they were just sophomores and getting to watch them all evolve and emerge and just become better these last two years uh, has been, it's been great to watch. And I've formed some good relationships with, with some of them and been able to uh, hear their stories and and just see them uh, improve. That's got to be really rewarding too, just because of the fact you're watching them start off so young and then they rock it into stardom just that's that's got to be one of the most amazing things about watching sports have have there been any big upsets some big moments some really really close games that maybe people weren't thinking about in your eyes so far there's obviously been uh plenty of of close games like i said i've done a lot of uh g-walk action this year and uh, anytime you get these G-Walk teams playing each other, it's it's always a tough battle. Uh, off the top of my head, I can think of, I know uh, Wayne and Fairmont, the first game of the season, that one went to overtime between those two with Fairmont coming out on top. Uh, I was actually able to go see Alter and Carroll play back in the end of December. I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, early January. And... Carroll ended up winning that, and that was definitely uh, an upset considering Carroll has kind of been having a down year this year. Um, let's see here. Obviously, and then op- and over the weekend again, uh, if you want to talk about upsets, Centerville actually defeated um, Oak Ridge High School out of Orlando, Florida. And Oak Ridge had uh, a player, he's named C.J. Walker, committed to play at the University of Oregon. And that team was a, a, a nationally ranked team. And Centerville beat them by, I believe, nine or ten. So, you know, any getting to see a local team beat at a national power like that, that probably has to take the the icing on the cake for upsets so far this year. I feel like Centerville's always done really strong in the flying to the hoop tournament. The one year I was broadcasting, they took down Bowman Academy out of Gary, Indiana, and they they were really, really good. That was a really good squad, very good game. And just when Centerville is able to showcase what they can do in Southern Montgomery County and show it off to the world, that's oh, absolutely that's huge for Ohio. Now, the postseason is not too far away. What are you expecting for district, sectional, regional, and state tournament play? Well... The first thing I'll say about Dayton basketball, especially come postseason, is it's really unpredictable. Um, I can make predictions now, and I'll probably make more predictions as the brackets come out, and I guarantee there will be some games that I get wrong that I didn't see coming. Um, As for right now, though, 
for for district and sectionals, uh, my favorites right now in Division One, it's really in my opinion Springfield is is the team that I see making the deepest run. Uh, they're just very athletic, very talented. They've got a lot of uh, strong upperclassmen that have stepped up and and really helped them get a couple wins. And I really see them being the most dominant team. But obviously, the Sydneys and Butlers and, and Fairmonts of the world are are definitely capable of, of making a run as well. Uh, Division Two, Trotwood Madison definitely is my favorite, and I would say of all local schools, they have the best chance to make it to uh, the state in the state championship. They got there last year in dominating fashion, and they you know, they lost some talent, but they definitely didn't. Uh, they, they didn't stop the domination. They've been blowing teams out by uh, upwards of 90 points. They beat Greenville 138 to 48 earlier this season. And I, I definitely don't see them letting off the gas at all going into the postseason. As for Division Three, that's really a, a tough one. Um, I think that of all the teams, Brookville and Anna are probably my two favorites to get the farthest out um, into the district round. I like Madison and Stivers, but I, I worry with Madison that they haven't really played a lot of great competition thus far. And then watching them at flying to the hoop get beat by 30 against a good Harvest Prep team kind of raise some concerns. Um, and then same for Stivers, they've had they're 11 and three, but they've got some losses that uh, concern me if they would be able to uh, beat some of the lower level teams when they get to tournament. And then lastly, Division Four. Uh, my favorite I'm thinking right now is definitely Legacy Christian out of Xenia. Uh, going into today, they were riding a 13-game winning streak. They lost their first two games of the year and have not lost since. Uh, I think they're playing their best basketball right now, and I, I don't expect them to take any sort of drop. Uh, but it, obviously another team to look at will be Springfield Catholic Central. Uh, last year and the year before, they made some runs into the sectional round. And last year, they made it to regional semis, and they brought back a larger group of, of that team again. So uh, I have no doubt they're going to be competitive. But there's obviously teams uh, that I'm you know, we're not thinking of that are going to make a run. And uh, really, the biggest thing is just, like I said, it's very unpredictable. So it's just a matter of, of seeing who's able to uh, get hot at the right times. I know what you mentioned that, you know, playoff time, everything is unexpected, but can you see a state champ being crowned in the Dayton area? Uh, yeah, I really do. I, I'm very confident that Trotwood will be the one that uh, makes it out in Dayton. As good as those other teams like Springfield and, and Brookville and Anna and them I named, it's just very difficult for me to see them getting through um, – the Cincinnati teams because I mean, getting through Dayton won't be a problem, but once they get into Cincinnati uh, in division one, you've got Moeller who's the defending state champs and they're number one in the state right now. So I just, I don't think Springfield has the height and the uh, depth to compete with them. And then in, in division three and four, just the Cincinnati teams in those uh, divisions are also a little too much. I think for schools like Anna and Brookville and legacy Christian to handle but, but like I said, with Trotwood just dominating the way they are and, and having the talent they have, I mean, really the talent that they have on their roster, you would you would see in a Division One high school team, yet Trotwood plays in Division Two. So, 
I mean, they're already at an advantage with that, and and I I really see them making a very deep run. And I would honestly say right now, if they can get through their regionals, I would say they will win state. We're talking about Trotwood. What's your take on the whole Trotwood Madison being kicked out of now the Miami Valley League, now the G Walk? What's your take? It's it's a hard uh, situation. Um, on one hand, I can see why schools would be upset just because, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be getting beat 138 to 48 in basketball or getting beat 70 to 6 in football. So I can understand not uh, really enjoying that. But at the same time, it is sports and in sports and in life, sometimes you have to uh, deal with someone being uh, better or outplaying you. So to, to, to leave the league, I don't necessarily think was a good look. But I can definitely understand the the frustration with Trotwood to being kicked out of two leagues, but also see why uh, teams would potentially want to leave and, and have their own sort of league. Here at Tony Peters of Prep Hoops Ohio. Now, let's talk about the future, 2019, 2020, and beyond. Is there a team that might not be enjoying a high level of success right now, but in the next few years, maybe? They're looking to run. Um, I think I, I think of Centerville, and I think of that because right now uh, they've got two scenes. They're not. It's not that they're not having success, but they're not near the top in the G Walk. Uh, right now in the G Walk East, they were sitting in fourth, but they've got uh, some very young talent, uh, especially in the freshman class. That as long as they stay at Centerville and don't. Uh, end up transferring out that team in two or three years really could be uh, one of the better teams in the G walk. Another team I'm thinking of is the Cedarville Indians. Uh, They've got a young guard by the name of Colby cross and he is a junior. uh, One of the better scorers in Southwest Ohio and in the Ohio heritage conference that he plays in. And the last two years he's been a varsity player and he's been part of a team that's been rebuilding this year, they've definitely made some steps. They were at five wins last time I checked over the weekend for the year. They won five games total the first two years. So there's definitely improvement there. I, I think Colby going into his senior year and with several other juniors around him, that Cedarville team is going to be much improved. And, I mean, I think they could be – they have the potential to be one of the top five teams uh, in Division Four come next season. We're both Daytonians, so we know about the boys' basketball scene. But if you could describe to someone that's outside the coverage area, how are you summarizing the local basketball scene in Dayton, Ohio? I would say, I mean, it's it's really unique in its own way. Um, the 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 love that people have for their basketball here is incredible. Um, the, the small schools, especially the communities, they, they come together and they really uh, rally around their basketball teams and help them uh, really, it gives them an extra hand and give extra help, almost like a sixth man, if you will, um, in those games. Uh, and even at the division one level, it's, it's just the communities around Dayton basketball. They, they really help make the game so much better and so much more enjoyable. Now let's transition a little bit from high school basketball to college basketball. Uh, Dayton, Ohio, very two strong Division One programs in the Flyers and Wright State. 
Uh, have you caught some of UD and Wright State hoops this uh, year? Unfortunately, I have not uh, with Wright State, which is kind of sad considering that is my alma mater. Uh, but Dayton, I was able to catch. I saw them play uh, Auburn on TV back in December. I, I think it was right uh, – I think it was after Thanksgiving, but before Christmas in that time frame. But I did get to see them uh, play in that game. Yeah, both teams so far. Wright State, a mm, little bit of a slow start to conference play. Mm. UIC OT loss at home. That was a little bit uh, surprising considering that the Flames haven't been too strong after that win. Mm. The loss at NKU was tough, but it's your top two teams on Horizon League, so that's going to happen. Uh, the Detroit Mercy one was a surprise for me because Detroit Mercy has a freshman, Antoine Davis, who scored 48 points against the Raiders, almost outscored Wright State in that oh, game. Wow. And it was like, woo. But I think Wright State's turned the corner. They've looked better. I mean, a successful Northeastern Ohio trip, which, you know, this year with Cleveland State not being too hot and Youngstown State, you know, eh, I don't know. <laughs> but a strong Northeastern trip. And you're coming back home to take on the Wisconsin Horizon League teams in Green Bay and Milwaukee. So it should be a good homestand for the Raiders. It's nice to be back home again. And the Flyers on the other side, man, that team's fun to watch. Have you caught any of the Obi Toppin uh, dunks on social media? I have, yes. And uh, <laughs> I, I can tell you they are it, – it's it's fun to see those dunks. And, it's, and like I said, it's fun to see that atmosphere at UD when he throws down those dunks when you watch those videos and, and hear the roars of the crowd. He had one between the legs, and I forget which game it was. I don't think it was the one I was working at, but it's just its unbelievable. And Josh Cunningham, you know, that guy, if that guy's not first team A-10, you know, cars will be flipped. But Cunningham strong. Flyers have a really nice team, and I feel like second-year head coach Anthony Grant's really starting to gel and mold the Flyers into, you know, a formidable A-10 foe again. Oh, absolutely. And that, I mean, that's, that's common with the uh, new coaches. I think a lot of people uh, expected the, the, the Flyers to struggle last year and maybe a little this year. So uh, to see them winning in conference and, and really keeping the energy alive at UD Arena is definitely a relief, just not just for now, but going forward. And I tell you, Flyer faithful, they always support UD. It's, it's amazing to see that place packed out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> have you seen some of the new renovations that UD Arena has? Um, I have not. I haven't gotten a chance to uh, be at UD Arena yet this year, but I have heard from uh, multiple people in my network that uh, have been there, and they've talked about how it, it just has a really sleek and nice look now with the new uh, seat backs. It does, and if you catch an afternoon game, it's weird because when they turn the lights off, you can still see, you know, the uh, the light coming in mm. from outside. It's it's a little different, but it's it's pretty nice. It's amazing how old UD Arena is, and still, it's the epicenter of college basketball. Mm, absolutely. If you can make one UD and one Wright State game this year, uh, which one would you like to go to, and why? Um, I would say for the Wright State game, um, the rematch with NKU, uh, just because I, I, although I didn't see it, I heard about that game and obviously whenever you're able to beat the top team in your conference, that's always going to be 
something to, to watch, and it's always going to be fun. Um, as for Dayton, uh, I would say probably the Rhode Island game. Um, every time they play Rhode Island, it seems like they it's always a fun game to watch, and they always uh, have a tough matchup. And it's always great to to see them, you know, put up good fights and and especially with this team they have, I think they would definitely uh, make it a fun game to watch. Here with Tony Peters of Prep Hoops Ohio. Thanks for joining me today, Tony. Um, did you catch the OHSAA and NFHS letter talking to parents to basically say, "Hey, cool it." Yeah, yep, I did, and I did. Well, I was able to read parts of it as well. What's your take on it? I think it's spot. I think it's spot on. I think that uh, you know these referees. They're not. These guys aren't. These guys are not. This isn't their full time job. A lot of these guys, they do something else in their life, and then they just ref on the side. Some of them, it's for the little extra income that they do make. Others, it's just to stay close to the game. So, uh, point being is they're they're humans and they're not perfect. And parents, I mean, unless you're a an NBA official, that's the highest point you can get. I don't see how uh, or why parents find the need to to harass a, a referee to a point where you've got this many young refs not wanting to do it long-term. So I think the OHSCA is definitely spot on in wanting uh, parents to cool it. And, and hopefully that there's going to be parents that read this and they really think to themselves, okay, maybe I should tone it down a little bit. Cause like I said, these referees are human mistakes are going to be made and, and be acting in a harassing way. Isn't going to help anyone. No, it's not. And, you know, it's part of the human element of sports. That's why sports, to me, are so fun because, you know, it's humans trying their best. And sometimes you get a slam dunk to win the game. Sometimes you hit a fly ball and you strand the bases loaded for another mm -hmm. sport. That's not basketball. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got off track there. But, yeah, it's – I mean, does the official shortage scare you at all? Uh, It, it kind of does because – it makes you think if if they're not able to field officials in the future, uh, is, is it going to affect you know when games are played, how games are played? If if they get to the point, the OHSA has to start lowering their standards to get uh, the protocol or the classes refs have to take. Are they going to get as high quality refs as uh, they do right now? And uh, yeah, it definitely is is scary to think about the the changes it could make. And if you lower your standards, then the parents are not going to like that even more, and then it's the whole vicious cycle all over again. Never-ending, right? Never-ending. But, again, part of sports. Yep. Tony, 2019's just beginning. What do you see for this year to close out the 2010s? Um, You just mean like with high school basketball in general? Anything, high school basketball, your coaching career, your writing career, anything. Um, well, with my coaching career, obviously, uh, we, my girls have a few more games left. So uh, as the season ends here, hopefully being able to uh, finish strong and then hopefully uh, getting this group back when they're seventh graders in November and uh, maybe build off the team we have or add a few pieces and, and, and show some success there. Uh, also, just 
with Prep Hoops continuing to put out some good content covering Dayton and with the Southwest Ohio Full Court Press, obviously uh, getting to that goal that we I was talking to you about earlier in the podcast with being able to do some play-by-play and color commentary, uh, bringing more exposure to teams. That'd be really cool. I'm rooting for the success of it, all right? Uh, thanks, Lee. Now, if people want to follow you on social media, you, the uh, articles you write, or the podcast, uh, where are they going? Uh, so you can go to my Twitter page. It's My Twitter handle is at Peters4523. Uh, and if you want to catch an episode of our podcast, again, that is at SWOFCP, all caps. And where do people go to catch your writing? Uh, you can go to prephoops.com. And when you go there, uh, you'll be able to select a state as uh, there's multiple states that we do coverage of. Uh, go to Ohio and any new content will be on that very first homepage for the Ohio. If you want to find something I've written uh, in the past, you can just go to the writers tab and you can find uh, any you can read any articles from myself or any of our other talented writers and uh, just go to my name and you can find anything from uh, last week to the first article I ever uh, put out. Tony, thanks so much for your time, all right? Thanks, Lee. Again, appreciate you having me on here. Not a problem. That's Tony Peters of Prep Hoops Ohio. And by the way, good luck to your girls the rest of the season, okay? (laughs) Thanks. We're going to need it. This has been episode 80 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Podcast Network. This has been another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. Closing theme by James Anderson from FreePD.com. Follow the podcaster on Twitter at the Lee W Mowen, spelled T H E L E E W M O W E N, and the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. For every link and platform available to listen to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast. Would you like a question about sports answered on the podcast? Send a message on Twitter at either account or visit theleewmowen.com and click Contact Me and your question might be answered in a future episode. Thank you for listening and your support of this podcast.